promises to those who overcome. If you can see those pictures and the words, you can dwell on those for a little while and wonder, I wonder what they're all about. The promises to those who overcome. You know, in God's word, there are hundreds of promises to those who choose to love and follow the Lord. In the Second World War, my father was a navigator in Stirling Bombers. And his squadron flew sorties over Germany through, uh, with the Royal Air Force. And the squadron made many raids, including the raids over Pinamundi, which is where the V-1 and the V-2 rockets were being designed and built. And of course the Germans were sending them up and bombing the hell out of London. And so my dad was one of those bombers that helped put the V-1s and V-2s to death. The German aircraft guns shot up the flak to bring the, the, the bombers down. Could you change, please, to the next one, number two? <clears throat> um, and the planes coming back, because they were all shot up, often crashed on the runways or the beach. My father's crew crashed ten planes. That cost the British government £250,000 times 10. And they survived. Out of 100 crew in his squadron, his was the only crew that survived. At one point in time when they were flying back, one engine cut out. You can land a Stirling bomber on three engines. But just so God could prove himself, a second engine cut out. And that's when it began to drop down onto the runways. Stirling bombers are, are the biggest bomber in the, in the war, in the British side, not the American side. And they've got great big 12-foot high wheels. And those wheels, it landed on those wheels and it bounced up again. And then it slid forward and the plane went right through a hangar, lost both its wings, came out the other side and a, and a crane had chain hanging down. And it caught the plane and it held on to it as it slid to a stop 200 feet from where the, all the bombs were stored, the bomb dump. The whole crew survived. When that happened, all the crew went and stole my father's promise box. That's why I'm talking about promises. Full of hundreds of promises. And they took them and they pasted them all up around the new plane. My father said he had the most armoured plane in the war. Because of God's promises. And there are thousands of promises. Thousands of promises. Well, certainly hundreds anyway. Now, I'm not going to be here all day talking about all of those promises. I'm only, going to, I'm only going to talk about a few. Now, the book of Revelation 
There are some extraordinary promises and they're reserved only for the overcomers. What does that mean? Well, we're going to find out. These promises are so important that we need to understand who is an overcomer in God's eyes and what happens if we don't overcome. Let's take a look at some of these. These are the words of Jesus who had risen from the dead, gone to be in heaven, and then he appeared to the the apostle John on the island on Patmos several years later. And you can read all about these special promises in Revelations chapter 2 and 3. When Jesus himself came from heaven in a vision and dictated to John letters to send to the seven main churches in the area. That existed right there at the time. But right now I'm going to summarize them for us as I believe that these letters are as relevant to the church that is the body of Christ today as they were then. Let's have a look at these. Revelation 2.7. These are the promises that God gives us and we can grasp hold of them if we choose to continue to serve him and persevere in our faith. Look at these promises. Revelation 2.7 To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise, the paradise of God. Now this is the promise of eternal life and redemption of the original sin of Adam and Eve. Total restoration with God is the way it's supposed to be. It's where we taste and see that the Lord is good. Revelation 2.11 He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. What does that mean? The overcomer doesn't have to worry about being separated from God on judgment day. They will be in his presence and in the fullness of joy. If we die now, that's our first death. The second death is what happens on judgment day. Revelation 2, 17. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat, and I will give him a white stone, and on the stone a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. You know, Jesus is the hidden manna. Remember, he said it in John 6, 32 to uh, 33, that he was the bread from heaven. He also, it also says, and he will give him a white stone. This is the promise of acquittal. A white stone signifies a not guilty. A not guilty verdict. And is also the symbol of admittance into a special group special group of those people who have overcome and are now with Jesus and on the stone a new name is written which no man knows except he that receives it so overcomers get a new family name to signify our adoption into God's family there is no trace of our old self or our rebellion Revelation 2 26 to 38 and he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end I'm going to repeat that. He who overcomes 
and keeps my works until the end. To him I will give power over the nations, as I have also received from my father, and I will give him the morning star. Do you want to have the authority to preach to the nations the good news that Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords? I do. Revelation 3 to 5. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life. And I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. To me, this has to be the most powerful promise of all time to those who overcome. If we persevere, if we stay true to our Lord, he will not blot us out from the book of life. That tells me that therefore, some will have their names blotted out from the book of life. That's what the scripture says. Revelation 3.12 He who overcomes I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God and I will write on him my new name. Revelation 3.23 To him who overcomes I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his thrones. Folks, these are the words of Jesus himself. These are not the words of a preacher or from a book. These are the words of Jesus himself. It is amazing that it is promised to the one who overcomes, to the ones who persevere to the end, who keeps the works and the words of Jesus even unto the point of death. When I think about that, I always see that picture of the ISIS soldiers on the beach with the Kurd Christian men knelt down in their orange boiler suits. And not one of those men said, I will accept ISIS. I'm not going to renounce Jesus Christ. And they all lost their lives. And to the point of death... However, many believe that they do not need to overcome anything. They believe that it was all done and dusted for them in time past, at that one moment of when they came to faith. But if this was really so, so there would be no reason for Jesus to speak about those who overcome, would there? For speaking about it not only means that there is a need to overcome, but also that there will be some who will not overcome and to them the above promises will not apply. This is quite difficult to understand for some who have been brought up in a denomination that teaches once saved, always saved. But I'm telling you now that in my opinion that is heresy. Jesus himself causes to overcome and we can't overcome in our own strength. We can't do it. We need him. We need him to hold us at all times. And you know what he says? I will never forsake you. I will never leave you. But folk, we can choose to forsake Jesus. 
we can choose to leave him. And many have. Do you have family members or friends that were once on fire for the Lord and now don't give two hoots about church or the Lord? That's who we're talking about. They are not overcomers and we need to pray for their salvation and restoration. Overcomers are followers of Christ who successfully resist the power and the temptation of the world system. Dez talked about don't let the world system suck us up. An overcomer is not sinless, we're all sinners, but hold fast to their faith in Christ until the end. He does not turn away when times get difficult or become apostate. Overcoming requires complete dependence upon God for direction, purpose, fulfillment and strength to follow his plan for our lives. Now let's have a closer look at the context of where and when these promises were made. And you've got all week to go and read chapter 2 and chapter 3 for yourself to find out if I'm just making it up or whether I'm reading the same Bible as you. Firstly, you can read in Revelation chapter 1 how Christ himself appeared to John and told him to write to the seven churches. Imagine John stuck in this cave on the Isle of Patmos. Do you know that they had tried to boil John alive in uh, boiling something or other? And he survived and then they sent him to the Isle of Patmos. And there he worshipped the Lord. And there the Lord suddenly appeared to him. It's beautiful to read. And the importance of reading Revelation, by the way, is stated in verse 3. Revelation 2, 3. Blessed is, is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. Boy, the time was near for many of the Christians when John wrote this and sent those messages to those churches. Persecution came upon those churches in the most horrific way. And persecution is coming up ahead for this generation, I believe. These churches all existed at the time of John's incarceration in the cave. And if you ever watch David Pawson's DVD series on Revelation... He describes how he visited each place and described in depth what happened to them. Can we change to the map, please? Patmos. There's the tiny little island that David was, that John was sent to. And every church had to be sent a letter, and they are all the churches. Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamon, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea. The bulk of the Christian churches were in Greece at the time. And throughout history, some say that these types of churches existed. And the words of Jesus are, of course, relevant. But a caution here. I don't think it is up to us to judge which church is which? Because Christ is the head of every church and I believe it is up to him to judge it, correct it or commend it. 
but we can pray about our own hearts because we are members of the body of Christ and he is talking to us in 2019. Let's have a look at what he said, the loveless church. Revelation 2, 1 to 7. I have edited this down dramatically. You can read it at your leisure and check it out. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, I know your works, your labour, your patience. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life. If you listen to David Pawson, you'll hear how that particular church, all of a sudden, didn't exist. It just died. Because the Lord took away its light. Because it didn't repent. But there may have been those there that were overcomers. That did hear the letter. And they returned to their first love of Jesus. Do you still love Jesus as much as when you first met him? Is Jesus saying to you, I want you to return to your first love of me? He wants a close, precious relationship. He doesn't want us walking off into Christianity and following this doctrine and following that doctrine and losing that first love and joy with him. The persecuted church, Revelation 2, 8 to 11. And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write, I know your works, tribulation and poverty, but you are rich. Do not fear any of those things which are about, you are about to suffer. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. The compromising church, Revelation 2, 12 to 14. And to the angel of the church in Pergamos write, I know your works and you hold fast to my name and did not deny my faith even in the days in which Artemis was, the faithful, was, was martyred. But I have this against you, that you hold to the doctrine of Balaam, who taught... Balak to put a stumbling block between the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit sexual immorality. Thus you also have those who hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. This is Jesus speaking. Repent or else I'll come to you quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. To him who overcomes I will give some of the hidden manna to eat. The doctrine of Balaam is the attitude that can be fully cooperative cooperative with the world and still serve God. The doctrine of Balaam teaches compromise, wanting Christians to forget that they are called to be separate from the world and holy. It seems that the doctrine of the Nicolaitans was similar, that it was right to have one foot in both worlds and one that doesn't need to be so strict about separation from the world in order to be Christian. Some Christians think, well, I go to church on Sunday, nod to everyone and go out during the week and I'm just the same as everybody else. The Lord says, no. 
you're not an overcomer. Thus, in fact, it was the doctrine that Jesus hated. It leads to a weak version of Christianity that is without power and without conviction, a defeated worldly type of Christianity. The corrupt church, Revelation 2, 18 to 26, and to the angel of the church in Thyatira write, I know your works, love, service, faith, and your patience. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow that woman Jezebel, that means the spirit of Jezebel in your church, who calls herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality. That can mean the worshipping of other gods. Alex came across that in a church in Auckland last weekend where someone was saying another faith was the, had the same way, perhaps the same way to God, and Alex very wisely corrected it with the perfect scripture that there is only one way to the Father through Jesus. But there are churches who are corrupt. But hold fast what you have till I come. And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give the power over the nations. The dead church. Revelation 3, 1 to 6. And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. Could the part of the body of Christ be a dead church when Christ comes because they weren't aware of him coming? He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. I want my name confessed to you, the faithful church, and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, and I want him to write that to our church here. I know your works. See, I've set before you an open door, and no one can shut it, for you have a little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Because you have kept my commands to persevere, I will keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. The lukewarm church, Revelation 3, 14 to 22. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I would wish you were hot or cold. So then because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth. These are the words of Jesus, the Son of God. Because you say, I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked, therefore be zealous and repent to him who overcomes. I will grant to sit with me on my throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So how do we become overcomers and receive these eternal promises? 
Troy Buer, in his book, Living Life Forward, says, Why survive the troubles of this world and constantly lick your wounds? Rise up and live a courageous life that turns wounds into scars. Be healed of your survival mentality. We're on to the next one, please. <clears throat> Be healed of your survival mentality and go after your kingdom purpose. Today is a good day to be strong and courageous. Go after the upgrade by becoming an overcomer. Say goodbye to survival and move into the promises of God for your life, for your eternal life. Let's say that again. Today is a good day to be strong and courageous. Go after upgrade by becoming an overcomer. Say goodbye to just surviving and, pr and move into the promises of God for your life, your eternal life. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Don't be an intellectual Christian that knows it all but doesn't trust the Lord for what's going to happen the next day. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Second Corinthians 12.9 And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore most gladly I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I also like 1 John 5, 3-5 in the Amplified Bible. For the true love of God is this, that we habitually, that means regularly, that means all the time, keep his commandments and remain focused on his precepts. And his commandments and his precepts are not difficult to obey. For everyone born of God is victorious and overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has conquered and overcome the world, our continuing persistent faith. That is the key. Our continuing persistent faith in Jesus, the Son of God, who is the one who is victorious and overcomes the world, is the one who believes and recognizes the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. Someone said to me the other day, well, I don't know if we're going to have enough finances to do this or finances to do that. And my reply was, but Jesus has always looked after me. He has always looked after me. Because I love him and he loves me. And I can rely on him. Even when the bank account says zero. Always something happens and it goes up again. He is so faithful. John 5, 3 to 5, in the contemporary English version. We show our love for God by obeying his commandments. And they are not hard to follow. Every child of God, all of us in this room, can defeat the world. And our faith is what gives us this victory. Our faith in Jesus not in the church, not in Christianity, 
not in religion, in one person, Jesus Christ. No one can defeat the world without having faith in Jesus as the Son of God. Let's just stand and bow our heads and I just want you to ask the Lord is there anything that I need to deal with in my life that would prevent me from being an overcomer? Just ask the Lord and see what he says. And if he does, be brave and courageous and come out to the front and we'll be happy to pray with you. Because Jesus wants to set every one of us free and he wants every one of us to be overcomers. He doesn't want anyone left behind. And he is faithful. He will never leave us. But will we, we one day choose to leave him? We've got to think about that. I don't think any of us here are going to leave him. We have to make that choice. So you just ask the Lord, is there anything in your life? Have you lost that first love? Have you got one foot in the world still? Do you still have a problem with lust, which is sexual immorality? Do you have a problem in believing in other gods still? And if you feel led, just come on out the front and we will be happy to pray for you. Thank you.